This episode contains discussions of sexual violence. It's important to know there are people and resources available to help. No one should ever suffer in silence. No one should ever be ignored. If you need help, Rain, that's R-A-I-N-N, has a lot of resources, including a 24-hour helpline. That's 800-656-HOPE. 800-656-HOPE. This podcast is not associated with RAIN, but they are a wonderful resource dedicated to making the world a better place. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 45 Judeca A Space Without Time Dorothy, Mister, and the Woodman found themselves awakened yet again. This time, none of them felt refreshed. Instead, they felt cold as they found themselves in a frozen tundra a vast wasteland of ice and snow. The giants were long gone, leaving no trace of their existence behind them. Snow fell from the sky as a stark, cold wind blasted their faces. The gusts were so strong that Mister could not stand on his own accord. Dorothy grabbed him by the hand as she tried to keep him on his feet. The woodman was rock-steady, but in tremendous pain as a thin layer of frost formed around him. Each snowflake burned like a tiny hot iron. Dorothy's lips took on a light blue tone that matched the rest of her freezing cold skin. She shivered uncontrollably, but remained faithful that no real harm would come to her here. She did not come this far, and gone through such torments, only to be stopped now. Through constant trials and tribulations, she gained the strength required to persist. If she were going to die, it certainly would not be here, in the other side. What do we do now? asked Mister, yelling over the wind to anyone that would answer. We keep moving replied Dorothy, also yelling over the wind as she kept her face down. Against the wind, replied the woodman in the same tone as his cohorts. Toward that thing in front of us. He pointed to a large black wall or building of some kind in the distance, barely visible through the blowing snow. The landscape leading up to the black structure was barren. Large snowdrifts formed here and there, like white sand dunes. There were no trees, no mountains in the distance. 
nothing but the black structure that sat sprawling across the horizon. They traveled slowly until they reached their destination, the cold taking a toll on each of them in some form or another. A large wooden door, like the one that barred entrance to the city of Emerald, now stood in their way. The structure created a much-welcomed windbreak. It was quiet enough to think here, and the cold air became a little less bitter. How do we get in? asked Dorothy, as she looked the door up and down. It lacked a knocker, or any means to announce their arrival. Break it down, said the woodman as he ran to it, axe in hand. Piece by piece, he bore a hole into it, large enough for them to pass through. Graceful, said Dorothy, as the woodman stepped aside, letting her through first. Mister followed close behind. What is this place? he asked. His voice echoed as he looked around in bewilderment and wonder. Large stone walls rose so high into the air that the sky, or ceiling, if there was one, was not visible. Judeca, came a frail, raspy voice from behind them. Everyone turned to see who was talking. It was a small man with dark black skin. He was thin and gaunt, and every bone in his body was well-defined beneath his tightly stretched flesh. Who are you? asked Dorothy. She was tired of these chance meetings and encounters with denizens of the other side, with people and creatures that wanted nothing more than to stop her progress. Judah, said the man. My name is Judah. I am the guardian of Judeca. You guard this? asked Dorothy. From who? asked Mister. From anyone who thinks they can get to the mountain, replied Judah. The mountain? asked the woodman. Like Dorothy, he too was growing tired of the conversations that were spoken in riddles with mysterious affectations. Before Devorin created Judeca and set me to guard it, this was all a frozen wasteland. A large mountain stood at the end of it. It was once said that in the center of the mountain was the ruler of the other side, a giant beast whose tears and bile seeped through the mountain's surface, creating a river that flowed into a large, bottomless pit. So, Devorin makes you guard this place? asked Dorothy. 
to keep tourists away from some mythical mountain? The sisters had a theory that if they could break through the mountain, the beast hidden in the center of it would be so grateful, so powerful, that it would grant them a second chance in Oz. And did they? asked Mr. Uh, escape? What do you think? Ozma and Efel aren't down here anymore. They must have done something right. All I know is I was resting by the pit one day when the ground began to shake and the river began to flow heavier and faster than ever before. Devoren showed up and sent me back here to the entrance. I guess to wait for you. She also gave me this. He pulled out a blade, nearly identical to the one Dorothy took from Krista. Dorothy stepped back. She knew why this man was armed. She was not surprised by the thought of him being ordered to kill her, but more by the fact that he gave her a convenient and lengthy account of the events that led up to this moment. Take it, said Judah. He flipped the knife around with grace, taking the blade in his rough and calloused hand, holding it out for Dorothy. I don't want it any more than I want to kill you with it. I'd rather see it used on those wretched sisters. Dorothy hesitantly took the blade from Judah and smiled kindly at him as she nodded peacefully. Now... Follow me. Dorothy and company followed Judah as he led them through the labyrinth that was his namesake. The further they ventured in, the warmer the climate became, and the less the wind blew. The color returned to Dorothy's flesh, and Mister became less brittle. Stinging orange lines formed as the frost on the woodman's body melted and dripped down his body. How much further? asked Mister. Before we get to, uh, wherever it is you're taking us. Judah remained silent as he continued to lead his small group of followers. Guess he's not much for talking, said the woodman. The temperature began to cool down once more, and the gusting winds returned. Still, it was not as cold as before. We're getting closer, 
You know you're getting close when the wind still knows its way through this labyrinth. Every step drew them closer to Devoren. Every step filled Dorothy with anxiety and fear. Anxiety and fear were nothing new to her. But this was different. It was claustrophobia, despite the wide berth of the path. It was feeling lost, despite having a guide. It was fear, despite having the comfort of her fellow travelers. She was feeling strong, yet weak, at the same time, and her heart did not know whether it should beat fast or slow. Her lips trembled as though she wanted to cry, but her eyes remained dry of tears. After what felt like hours of traveling through the darkened maze that was Judeca, the sounds of rushing water began to echo, bouncing from one wall to another, high and low. It won't be long now. The sound of the river has not become lost yet, either. The large chamber that held what Judah referred to as the bottomless pool was extremely loud. The sound of the rushing water that flowed into it, combined with the gale-force winds that blew throughout, made it impossible to speak once more without yelling at the top of their lungs. What now? asked Dorothy, struggling to stay upright. We wait, replied Judah, seemingly unfazed and untouched by the wind as he slowly and casually made his way to the water's edge. Despite the strong flow of the water rushing into the pool, the water level never rose to the point of overflowing. Judah always found this to be a peculiar phenomenon, and for some reason found a sense of comfort in it. Wait for what? asked Dorothy. Me, came a voice through the noise. It was calm and eloquent, yet stern and forceful at the same time. Dorothy looked to her fellow travelers, checking to see if they heard it as well. It was like she was wearing headphones, like the words were being placed specifically in her ears. The woodman acknowledged Dorothy with a slight nod, letting her know that he heard it as well. Mister did the same. The wind stopped, and the sound of the river disappeared, despite its continued flow. All eyes turned to the sky as a beautiful young woman descended to the ground in front of them. She was identical to Vel, and therefore identical to Ozma. She wore an extravagant yellow gown that pooled around her feet as she landed. The woodman stepped back as he was suddenly overcome by a strange, overbearing sense of dread. You are all right to fear me she said as she stood before her travel-weary audience. She looked at them for a moment before training her eyes on Judah, still sitting at the water's edge. You had 
one job. She continued. One job and you failed. Miserably. What job was that? Asked Dorothy hesitantly. She already knew the answer. To keep you away from me. Because you're afraid of me, said Dorothy. Excuse me? replied Devoren in disbelief. Because I'm a witch killer, said Dorothy with an ominous grin as she gripped Judah's knife in one hand and the handle of Krista's still sheathed at her side in her other. Devoren stepped back a little as a look of worry fell over her otherwise stone-cold, emotionless face. Dorothy smiled as she took another step closer, forcing Devoren closer to the water's edge. Visions of Krista's steaming, melting body flooded her mind. Once Devoren found herself one step away from the water, she stopped. As the witch turned and looked behind her, to make sure of her own safety, Dorothy unsheathed her knife and rushed her. Devoren turned back around and raised her right hand into the air, stopping Dorothy in her tracks without so much as laying a finger on her. Dorothy struggled to move forward, but was unable. She struggled to move back, but again, unable. You are no witch killer, said Devoren, now with her own sly grin stretching across her face. With her left hand, she pointed at Judah and made a tight fist. Everything from the upper half of his body gushed out of his mouth as it opened wide before bursting open altogether. Everything from the lower half of his body rushed out at the other end, leaving nothing more than a flaccid skin suit. She then raised it into the air and threw it into the pool with a small, insignificant splash. And he was no guardian. Dorothy swallowed in fear as Devoren looked at her with piercing eyes. I can see everything, Dorothy Gale. I know Mombi was an accident. Krista was killed by the lion and Glinda at the hands of the lost and forgotten children held captive in Lothor's book. I know Vel was killed by Siantfa. Not you. Dorothy, still held by Devoren's invisible grasp, struggled to break free. Her confidence lost, and her ego undeniably bruised and broken. It doesn't stop there. I can see your dead father. I can see your dead mother. I can even see your beloved aunt... M. And of course, Uncle Henry.
Dorothy became short of breath, and her heart sunk to the bottom of her stomach. How many times was it? Devoren went on with a smile. Fourteen, right? It was going to be fifteen the night you were brought here. I know how it felt the first time. It hurt, didn't it? Like nothing you had ever experienced up to that point, right? It was too big, too long, too hard. Shut up, Dorothy said as she fought to catch her breath. Shut up! I know the shame. I know the pain. I know the anger and the frustration. I know the fear that comes with the familiar footsteps in an empty hall at night. I know what it's like to be you, Dorothy Gale. Do you still want to kill me? Do you still want to go home? Back to Kansas? Dorothy fell to the ground as the woodman forced his axe into the witch's chest. She struggled to get back to her feet, to catch her breath. She clenched her chest in agony as she looked at the woodman with indescribable hurt in her eyes. Thanks, she said. But I can take it from here. She turned her attention back to Devoren. Gathering up all the strength she had left, she ran to the witch and thrust two blades into her stomach. Devoren gasped in shock. She waited so long, planned so long, and it was her own theatrics that got the better of her. A grandiose speech and demonstration of power that took her attention away from the real threat. It was the underestimation of Dorothy's followers that led to her demise. A thick, dark green blood was expelled from her mouth as she coughed. The same dark green blood began to trickle from her eyes as Dorothy pushed forward. The woodman pulled his axe back and watched as Dorothy continued to push Devoren into the pool. Fuck you! screamed Dorothy. She screamed with a fiery rage burning in her voice. Fuck you! She stepped back and took her place beside the woodman. Mister took his place on Dorothy's other side and gently rested a loving hand of comfort on her shoulder. As Devoren sank from view, the pool began to freeze, and with it, the river that led into it. The wind picked up, stronger than before. The ground began to shake and rumble. "'What's happening?' asked Mister once again yelling over the sound of the wind and holding on to Dorothy for stability. I don't know, replied Dorothy. 
Whatever it is, said the woodman, it can't be good. Let's just keep moving. Follow the river. As they made their way across the large circular pool, they saw Judah frozen in the ice, his mangled, emptied face looking up at them with pain and sadness in his hollowed eyes.